Badger fans, and welcome to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt and Matt Bells here covering everything Wisconsin athletics. On today's show, we're going to recap Wisconsin basketball's win over Northwestern. Pretty strong game um, for the Badgers. Came out and uh, played well in the first half. Northwestern got back into it a little bit, but uh, overall, the second half, they were able to coast to a nice 16-point victory that way. Um, so any win in the Big Ten is important, and uh, with a big contest coming up with Ohio State on Saturday, always important to get a win. So we'll break down everything from that. Uh, a few things of note to talk about in there, as well as some other uh, basketball news. And then in the back half of the show, we'll get into some football talk as well. We've got a little bit of news on the football side, a new hire for the, the defensive line coach, some early enrollees, and then we'll continue our position preview which will transition really nicely into the defensive line. We'll talk about how they performed this past year, what we expect this upcoming year. So another full show for you guys as we keep uh, the podcast rolling on into the full swing of basketball season in this football offseason. So, Matt, how are you this morning? Doing great. Ready to, to get going on this. Another big win for the basketball team, and, and hopefully it's the start of a nice little stretch here um, where they can, can get some Ws before it gets really tough later in the season. Yeah, got some big ones coming up. We mentioned Ohio State. Still got uh, some contests with Iowa, Illinois, Michigan once again. So big games down the road here. So all these wins in the Big Ten are are certainly important. So we'll start with basketball. But before we get into the game itself, big news for the Wisconsin basketball team. Lauren Bowman, um, who has not been with the team, not been in school um, this this past however many months, uh, as actually it came out, Greg Gard confirmed he's re-enrolled at UW, taking classes now. No timetable for return to basketball, but this is definitely a big step into getting him back and, and really a big big moment for this Wisconsin basketball team. He was a guy that was very heavily recruited. Greg Gard was excited about him. They're going to need um, some, some depth at that position, and he was going to bring that. So what do you make of that news before we get into the, the game itself? Yeah, I think, like you mentioned, it's a big step not only for him but also for the, the team. Uh, he, he's a guy that I think they're going to be counting on if if he is in fact uh, eligible to go next next fall winter. Um, so I think it'll be fascinating to watch kind of how that unfolds this spring. I think Guard has talked about that he hopes to have him back at some point. They're they, they're not going to be moving on from him or anything. Just been dealing with some family stuff. So hopefully that gets sorted out. It's I think it's definitely a positive step in the right direction though that he's back in the student directory back attending classes at UW to to hopefully continue moving towards uh, a return to the team. Yeah I think it'll be a, a nice addition for him when he does get back uh, just to get back into the the normalcy of taking classes hopefully um, you know as that progresses he can get back to, to playing basketball and joining the team. I think he'll be a really nice addition um, when he does come back, you know, that guard position is a, is a place that he, I think, can thrive in and kind of what the batters will need, especially next year. You know, this year you, of course, got Demetri Trice, so you're in a good spot. But after that, who knows his situation going forward. So it, it'll be good to get him back and back in the swing of things. And 
for a kid that's been going through some stuff, you're always glad to see that they're you know getting back into um, you know the, the comfortable positions in life with with school and, and basketball that way, and hopefully not having to worry as much about the things that were going on. So it's definitely a welcome sight to see, and we wish him the best of luck as he moves forward and progresses back into the UW system. So um, on the court, Wisconsin basketball picked up another big win over Northwestern. Coming into that game, Northwestern was a team. They started out really strong beginning of the year and have kind of just fallen flat off a cliff. Uh, really been struggling these past really the past month or so. So despite that, they've got some length. They've got some bigs. So still a good test as they get ready for Ohio State and some of these bigger games that we mentioned. So what did you make of the matchup and the contest overall between the Wildcats and the Badgers? I thought the Badgers did a really good job, actually, uh, against the length of Northwestern. They've got a couple bigs that um, – are one of two of the top scorers for them, and I thought Wisconsin held their own against them. Something that they've struggled on uh, is paint defense the in protecting the rim as of late. I thought they did a much better job of that. Um, you look at the numbers, they were dead even with Northwestern with 22 points in the paint. That's, that's much more um, aligned with what you expect from this team, and I think it's um, a nice positive step for the, the team overall. Um, I, I think you look at Northwestern, they've, they've been a, kind of been all over the place this year, but, but really to, to go ahead and uh, get a W in the Big Ten and, and look, um, look okay doing it. Like it wasn't a game where you were like, wow, Wisconsin looks dominant, but they didn't bring their A game and they still pulled ahead by 16 points. I think that's a, um, a, a, a nice look for a team that is, is trending towards getting back to what you hope them to be and towards the team that we saw later in last season when they made that nice stretch run. Yeah, I mean, this was a game that, uh, like you mentioned, they didn't look necessarily dominant. They didn't look any, you know, poor in any facet, really. But this were, there were things from the last contest that that kind of stood out. You know, we've talked about rim defense a lot, especially the last couple of weeks. Um, and, and, you know, Northwestern, while they have struggled, like you mentioned, do come in with Miller Kopp and Peter, Pete Nance, you know, two guys that are, are pretty strong bigs. You know, they're not going to be all Big Ten players that will dominate and, and be towards the top. There's a lot of good bigs in the Big Ten, and those guys maybe aren't at that level, but still strong players and, and still that length is there. So it was a good – it was a game that you expected to win and, and win fairly handily, which the Badgers did, but also it was a good test, kind of a – I don't want to say a warm-up for some of these bigger games, but uh, as you get ready for some of these – some of these bigs that are truly dominant players in the conference, this was going to be a good test to try and get the ship righted a little bit on that interior defense. So overall, it was, wasn't was the most beautiful game. There was a couple moments, and especially that second half, there was a little bit of a scoring lapse, which for Wisconsin basketball is, is just kind of par for the course at this point. There's yeah, it's going to be at this point. Yeah, there's going to be a few points uh, or a few minutes there where there's a struggle. It's just kind of how it happens, but... Overall, I think it was a, a good win for the Badgers, and, and I think they were able to flush some things out and, and, and get back to where they hope to be as the season moves on. For sure, and I, and I think really the story coming out of it, though, was Tyler Wall. You know, he made another start. I know we both kind of thought last episode that he was probably um, looking at, like, spot duty in the starting role, but then he led all scorers with for the Badgers with 14 points. Um, you know, how big is – what he was able to do, and and what do you expect from him for the rest of the season if he continues to be a starter? Well, I, I think in terms of how big it is, I think it's it's absolutely huge. You come into when you look at this team last year, Tyler Wall was a nice 
bench role player came in, really provided you that that energy, that spark. You know, on offense, he, he'd put in a couple buckets, he'd play great defense, but he wasn't last year a guy that was leading all scorers. So the progress that he's made overall from last year to this year, and even from the beginning of this year to where he's at right now, is is really impressive. He's grown a lot. And I think in terms of, of what you expect from him, you get all of a sudden a guy that goes from a role player to a starter and then to, to leading all scorers. That's pretty impressive and, and huge for your team. So when you're looking at the team overall, you still want to get guys like Nate Reavers. He was your leading scorer last year. Still played a little bit better, but didn't have you know any sort of dominance that you hope to have from him. Um, so you hope that if Tyler Wall can keep that up and, and Nate Reavers can keep working back and hopefully get back to some sort of normalcy, all of a sudden you've got you know you've got Michael Potter who's playing well. That's a big. If you can get Reavers playing well and you've got Wall playing well, you've got a three-headed you know big attack that uh, that really could set apart this team in, in some of these games because you want to as you get into these bigger games, you're going to take on you know the Coburns, the Luca Garzas of the world. You're going to need. You know, three bigs that can really play and, and that are fresh. So if Tyler Wall's playing this well um, as they continue down the stretch of this season, I think it'll be absolutely huge for this team because right now with Nate Reaver struggling, they really need it, and Tyler Wall has, has certainly stepped up in that role. Yeah, I mean, I think you can see his confidence mm-hmm. really um, getting better because of the increased confidence from Greg Gard. Tyler Wall out there hitting threes. We've seen that on in back-to-back games now, um, including when you look back to the Indiana game, he, he made those two crucial threes late. I mean, he's a guy who, if he can continue to, to, to hit from three, he doesn't have to be like he was tonight or yesterday, two of three. But if he can make a bucket or two from deep um, and shoot reasonably well, it adds so much to his game because then they have to respect him. Um, from the three-point arc, it pulls a, um, a sagging defender just a little bit closer to him to open up driving lanes. And both he and Jonathan Davis have shown a willingness and ability to get to the rim uh, off the dribble. So I think what you've seen from him is still great defense. He can guard one through five. Uh, you know, I think guarding the five is probably a little bit of a uh, a tough ask for him, but one through four or one through four for sure. And uh, because of his length, and and he really gives them a lot of things in the hustle department, whether it be rebounds. You know, he he tied for the team lead with six rebounds with Jonathan Davis. Um, he had two assists. He he was all over the place, and I think. Um, you, you're seeing him blossom and, and kind of grow into his body after making some, some nice strides physically in the offseason. And I think now we're looking and seeing he's going to be one of the, the Badgers' most important players because he brings so much energy to this you know senior-laden team, and he can help them out in so many different ways, especially on the defensive end. To, to get 10, 14 points from him is, is just an added bonus because he of everything else he does on the court well. Yeah, he does a lot of things well, and, and, you know, early in the season and last year, it was in, in limited minutes. You know, last night he played 30 minutes, which is crazy to, to think of. The rotation coming into the year, you would never expect it to be Tyler Wall to be getting that many minutes, but when he's playing well, it's it's really a guy that you want to keep on the floor. Like you mentioned, he's probably, you know, Dimitri Trice is, is up there, and, and then it's probably Tyler Wall and, and Micah Potter and some of those guys. Night in and night out, you're going to have Somebody who's the number two, but but Tyler Wall is just kind of that Swiss Army knife that does everything. Maybe not he's not the best at everything, but he's good at a lot of different things, which is a guy that you need um, out there and in your rotation. So if he can keep playing well, I think the the 
the strength of this team is going to continue to come out because you expect Nate Reavers to start playing better. And if Tyler Walls, you know, playing well, it's just an added bonus that way as this team moves into uh, deeper into Big Ten conference play. So overall, this time out, offense looked better. I, I wouldn't say they were, were dominating in any way. They had some ebbs and flows a little bit, which is just kind of Wisconsin basketball. Shot 43, 43% from the field, 37% from three-point line, but still hoisted 27 three-point attempts, which to me, when you look at this team, and we've talked about this a little bit over the course of the basketball season, that's a lot of threes. You would like to see them maybe closer to 25, at least 20. Um, you know, they're not a team that is really built on the three-point line, or or maybe they are, and we're just not right quite seeing it yet. But how concerned is it concerning to you at all? How many threes that Wisconsin's kind of settling for and, and hoisting throughout these games? I think when they're kind of forced and not in the rhythm of the offense, that's when um, you look at it and it's and it's you know head scratching. But you look in the first half and they they shot really well. They were six of fourteen the first half. They did a really good job of going inside out. Um, you could tell that that was a priority for them as they they tried to um, establish inside quick with with Micah Potter and then that kind of allowed them to then pass out of the interior to back outside and, and were able to make some nice three-point baskets. So the ball movement was pretty well for the Badgers, especially in the first half. But um, the second half, you saw there was times where the offense got stagnant, specifically in that opening stretch where um, we, they had a, a four-minute and 38-second scoring drought. That was that was the time when they sometimes just settle. They settle for three-pointers. They don't need to do that. Um, so the exact number isn't necessarily always uh, a huge concern for me. I mean, sure, the if you could get it to like 24, I think that's like around the magic number. But at the same time, I think the bigger thing is to make sure that those shots are coming within the offense, not just quickly jacking up threes or um, settling for jumpers late in the shot clock because you haven't done any anything and you've been just playing uh, dribbling the ball around too much. So I think this team did a really good job on the free throw line. And, and once again, for back-to-back games now, they were able to to be uh, the better team at the line, getting to the line more frequently, which I think is what this team needs. You look at their wins and losses, they win when they get to the free throw line. And, and so th- I think that's that's a bigger thing for me for them to continue to work on is, is continuing to know, hey, we're shooting a high percentage from the free throw line. Let's get there and, and let's be aggressive trying to get to the basket because when you do that, it opens up those three-pointers because nobody on this team is is an unquestioned, like, ungodly three-point shooter. They're all pretty solid uh, pretty much across the board, but it's one of those things where when they have a, a opening, these guys can, can nail it, but it's, it's about making sure that it's happening within the flow of the offense. Yeah, I think that's a great point. You know, this, these guys are all decent shooters that, that really knock these shots down on clean looks. So, yeah, the, the number probably isn't as concerning as it is, you know, where the shot's coming from and when it's coming in the offense. So I think that's a great point. And, and like you mentioned, with the, the free throw line, as this team, you know, as they get into some of these tighter games down the stretch, if they're able to knock down you know, free throws and get to the line as much as they have been, it's really going to put them in a strong position because, Wisconsin really isn't going to blow you away offensively, but if they can tighten up the defense, which they did a little bit better of, you know, these last two contests with the Rutgers and Northwestern, tighten that up. You know, if they've got a lead late in the game and can ice it away on the free throw line, I think that'll be a really big boost for this team. So overall, last night, while 
it wasn't perfect. I think it was better than what we've seen the last few contests. And as they get ready for a contest with Ohio State on Saturday, it'll be important that these things continue overall because I think it's going to be a really tough test for the Badgers uh, Saturday afternoon. So with that win, puts Wisconsin at 12-3, and prepping for Ohio State, coming off a loss against Purdue. Buckeyes have a strong you know, guard forward duo in Dwayne Washington, E.J. Liddell. Anything you're looking for as we uh, as the Badgers get ready for that contest? So I think the biggest thing is this game's at home. The Badgers have played really well at home. You, you've got a, a Saturday game on on national TV on CBS. It's play your game. Um, and, and you know, there's there's times where Wisconsin tries to to be something that they're not. You know, for specifically if we talk about this last game, um, there was times where what led to those higher three point numbers was it was the um, a lean forward Brad Davison, you know, jab step and then shoot the three. Like that's not their game. That's not what they need to be doing. Um, so it's make sure that their flow have their offense flowing and and protect the paint. It's if they can do those two things, if they're passing the ball well, moving it, not getting stagnant, and they're doing a good job on the defensive end of being the aggressor, they're gonna win the game. That's that's almost a recipe no matter what game they're playing. So I wanna see can the Badgers be the aggressor in this game on the defensive end? And and then on offense, do a good job of, of moving the ball and being selfless with the basketball. Yeah, I think that would be great, um, a great look for them as they work into this game. You know, Ohio State, they've they've had kind of an up-and-down year as well. Um, you know, that loss to Purdue definitely has to sting their last time out. Um, you know, Wisconsin, like you mentioned, it's, it's a Saturday game at home, which the last few years especially Wisconsin has done really well at, of course. No fans, which, you know, if there was fans, the Cole Center would be rocking this weekend. But um, I, I still think Wisconsin has the advantage in this game of being able to come out, play at home, and, and take on a team that is coming off of a loss. Wisconsin, you know, coming in off two straight wins, playing a little bit better this these last couple times out. And if you can just stick to what works for you and, and do it the way that Wisconsin wants to do it, I think Ohio State is a team that, doesn't necessarily match up with the Badgers as well. So, like you mentioned, it's it's. I don't think there's anything complicated as you come into this game of of what Wisconsin needs to do or what to look for. They just need to be themselves, you know, not settling for bad shots, playing stronger on the defensive end. You know, Ohio State has a little bit of length, but but not nearly as strong as what you're going to see throughout some of the other teams in the conference. So, if Wisconsin can come out, you know, make good shots, take good shots, make good shots, play strong defense, and, and rebound the basketball, all things that. They've done well at times over the course of the season. I think this is a game that they should win, and if they can pick up one here, you've got Penn State, you've got Maryland, you've got a road trip to Maryland, a team that you've already lost to. Hopefully you can find a revenge spot, and then you've got Illinois you know, on the docket that way. So these next few games are, are going to be important because you don't want to pick up another Big Ten loss so early in the conference season. So this is going to be a big one, but I like the Badgers' chances in this one as they you know start to play and click a little bit better over these last two contests. Yeah, for sure. The next four are going to be huge um, to, to kind of give you some, yourself some momentum. That's how the Badgers got going late last year is, is they, they won some of the games they should have. And then that led to winning some of the games that were a little bit tougher on their schedule. This is a time where you, you got you to gotta beat Ohio State at, at, in the Cole Center. you got to be able to beat Penn State both times. And then that Maryland game, Maryland, you got to be able to slap them back after they, they took it to you at – in the Cole Center first time. So I think if the Badgers can win all four of those games, they're in a really good shape. If they go 3-1, and one, I think they'll be fine as well. But but I think this is a crucial stretch for them. Um, 
down the stretch, and, and I'm excited to see um, Jonathan Davis as well. I, I think he, his name bared mention in, in this because he had a really good first half. He was all over the court with eight points, three rebounds, two assists, one steal, a block. Like it was, he he was doing everything on the for the Badgers and had that pretty pretty uh, reverse layup. I think if he can continue to be aggressive and help this team out, it, it's just going to make them further dynamic um, down the stretch as well. Yeah, he's a guy that that does a lot of things well. So it's, I'm glad you mentioned that as well. He, he's kind of the you know a Swiss Army knife like Tyler Wall can do. Uh, a lot of different things for this team that they may not necessarily have. They don't have that slasher. Then we we talked about it, you know, preseason. That was what Jonathan Davis is going to bring. But he's done a lot more than that. He's he's rebounded the basketball. He's played solid defense, and he's grown into uh, a really good role player for the Badgers. So he's going to be important in this stretch as well as Wisconsin looks to uh, really take care of some business, handle a couple of these games, and uh, and work into that tough stretch of the schedule coming up. So. All right, I think that about wraps up our basketball talk, guys. So stick with us through a couple quick ad reads, and then we'll get into some football discussion. All right, time to talk some football. Some news to touch on before we get into our position preview. The early enrollees for Wisconsin football have arrived on campus. Al Ashford, Jake Chaney, TJ Bowlers, Riley Mallman, Jack Pugh, Mike Jarvis, and long snapper Duncan McKinley are now on campus. Uh, always nice to see. I'm sure the guys are excited to be there on early enrollees, especially with, with last year. You saw how impactful it was for them to at least be getting on campus, getting accustomed to thing. Of course, you end up losing spring practice and spring football. So uh, I, I'm sure getting guys in there early and just getting them adjusted is, is huge. But what do you make of this group, and, and how excited are you to see kind of some of these guys onto the Wisconsin campus? Yeah, I think it's big. You you look at uh, the the large number of guys, and I think that's that's great. That's what you want. Get get a quick head start because you finally will have spring most likely. Um, yeah, I would assume that the the staff is going to be able to do a lot of the same things they were able to do in fall camp to to allow things to go smoothly. Um, I, I think it was interesting to see Duncan McKinley. He was a guy that was like, where was he on the roster all year after being a 2020 walk on? So I'm assuming. He was a gray shirt guy that's coming in a year later to spread out um, the the number of guys uh, in that special teams room. You got Peter Bowden. Can Duncan McKinley compete for that long snapping job right away? Uh, and then I think I think of those those guys, you look at T.J. Bowlers and Mike Jarvis as, as guys who, if they come in physically ready um, and and have really good off seasons, they could push for for a little bit of playing time. There, there's room at the defensive line that I know we're going to talk about more, and um, and outside linebacker bowlers kind of can play hybrid uh, between the two. Um, I like to think of how the the Packers use Rashawn Gary, obviously a very um, you know one of the top players and a, a high draft pick. So I'm, I'm not saying T.J. Bowlers is going to turn into that level of player, but he could. But he plays a, a, where you can put his hand down on the ground. You can also slide him out. You can get multiple with him. Um, so I think this is a really good group. Riley Mullman, Jack Pugh, um, and, and Al Ashford um, are probably guys looking at red shirts. Ashford was probably the best chance to, to get in there. Jake Taney as well, probably looking at a red shirt. But you never know, if, depending upon how these guys come in. I just think it's it's big to, for their development to get on early. Yeah, I, it's absolutely huge. You know, you look at this group, and, and the two you mentioned, and Bowlers and Jarvis, if there was a guy that was going to make a – Immediate impact would probably be those two, but but the rest of them, 
it's still huge to to get on get on campus, get your feet wet, get accustomed to all the things that they're throwing at you both, you know, in the classroom and uh, in school that way, and also you know just at the football field. It's a big transition for for 18 year old, 17, 18 year old kids that way. So to to be on campus, getting your feet wet, absorbing it, and and getting that done early is big because uh, there's there's going to be other freshmen that are coming in you know later, and and that's a tough transition as well. So. For some of these guys, it's going to be important. And I'm excited to see what they can do um, as they work into spring football. They're going to be, you know, the, like you met, yeah, bowlers and, and Jarvis are the names you're probably going to see maybe some impact on, but uh, it's still going to be exciting for development. You know, Al Ashford's got a chance to just learn and, and develop in that cornerback room. You know, Jake Cheney's kind of the same way. Riley Mallman can, can develop and, and put some size on him because I, I know – Everyone's excited about his future, but as a Wisconsin offensive lineman, you've, you've got to put on some pounds. And Jack Pugh, the, the tight end room has finally got some depth now, so he can just sit back and, and all these guys can learn. So I think it's going to be a really important uh, moment for this team and, and this class because it's a lot of different guys enrolling early. So the, the depth and the, and the number of players is telling, and an ex- exciting moment for a lot of these guys as they get ready uh, and get their Wisconsin football career started. No doubt. All right, moving on down here. Wisconsin hires defensive line coach. All right, let me get this last name right. Ross Kolodzaj. Did I get it right? No, nope, you butchered it. Kolodzaj. Kolodzaj. I was looking for the translation and trying to get it. I was like, I, I know the face. I know the name, but I don't know if I can pronounce this one. I'm so bad with names. But um, promoted him from the, the strength coach. Um, he's been with Wisconsin for a few years now. I, I would say on the outside looking in, some people might see it as an interesting hire. You know, you're going from your strength coach, your defensive line coach, but he's got a lot of experience at the position. Um, at the, you know, in his playing days, played in college level, played at Wisconsin, played in the NFL, so he knows what he's doing. What did you make of the move um, as they fill that gap uh, with with the new head coach or new defensive line coach? I love it. Um, you know, I, I remember some. I was tweeting with somebody actually, and they they had brought up his name, and I was like, yeah, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I just didn't think it would be plausible given the fact that um, you know he was he made a lot of money as the strength coach. He he was getting paid three hundred seventy five thousand dollars a year. So I would imagine he's not taking this as a step down um, to to shift over to the defensive line. Um, we've seen this um, in the past from other strength coaches, um, specifically the former Alabama strength coach becoming the uh, um, uh, what do you call it, the special teams coach for uh, Georgia. And and so I, I know that there is usually a higher um, amount of pay that you can get. Um, in the coaching ranks and in that. So he's, he's a guy who has a lot of experience. He was a, a grad assistant um, defensive line coach um, for a few seasons with the Badgers. He was also, um, like you mentioned, a seven-year pro in the NFL after a really good career at Wisconsin. You know, I, re- I remember him um, playing defensive end as a really, really great player. Um, Fun fact, I actually played catch with him at Family Fun Day when I was like five years old or some crap like that. So it's, it's really kind of a comes full circle in that way. Um, he's a really great guy. I'm, I'm excited for the move. I, I think now the, the main question is who do they bring in to, to be the new strength coach? Um, I would assume you might be looking at like uh, a guy like Kyle Costigan bumping up another alumni um, you know, who's, who's been with the program for a few years. You know, you've got John Graves as well on staff. Um, I highly doubt that John Dent comes back to, to take over that role, but 
that dude's a, a freaking whiz if he ends up doing it, even though he's old now. Um, but I know people are gonna gonna circle Ben Herbert over at Michigan, another alumni who's who's been with the Badgers for a, was with the Badgers for a long time. Um, I doubt they're gonna be able to throw out the money to get him because you look at it. Kalaji made three hundred seventy-five thousand dollars last year. Um, and Ben Herbert's scheduled to make 700, uh, and he's the third highest paid strength coach. But the name I would watch for if it's not a promotion within is, um, over from Arkansas is Jamil Walker, uh, another guy who was on the strength coach, um, uh, with the Badgers as an assistant for many years, went over to Georgia as an assistant strength coach, got, got hired at Arkansas, um, and, and under Sam Pittman and is now their head strength coach. Um, I, I think, that would be a move that would make a ton of sense. He would make more with the Badgers. Uh, he only made about 300 um, at Arkansas. So I, I think that's a chance that if you're going to get a guy that has ties, a former alumni, as well as um, a guy who would probably come home, I think he's a guy to, to watch and would be a, a hell of a hire because he's out of Illinois. He'd be closer to home for him. Um, I, I think that would be the name to watch if they go outside the program. All of those names are, are really good names, and I think I, I don't think the the position itself can be overstated. You know, you look at college football, and behind the curtain, who is the guy that that really makes an impact on a team outside of the traditional coaching staff? You know, your head coach, your offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, stuff stuff like that. The strength coach has a huge role in in you know we were talking about early enrollees in development, getting these guys ready to get in the weight room, getting their bodies ready for. A, a grind you know this football season is a grind the strength coach is is the guy that really gets them prepped uh to be in that position to make the plays on the field get their bodies ready so I, I think the 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 move up isn't surprising you know Wisconsin if there's one program that really likes to either hire within or keep alumni you know around and close to the program with Wisconsin you, know, you look at Paul Chris alum Joe Rudolph alum Jim Leonard alum so that's not surprising in that regard that they're sticking with from within but now it's going to be important of, of who they fill that role with because I know you look at it, and of course the defensive offense coordinators are the positions and, and the, the, the programs, that's important. But behind the curtain, the strength coach is, is a huge thing that probably doesn't get enough credit, but if you talk to people that are really um, you know, within the, the, the big parts of college football, the strength coach is is an important role that has to be filled with someone who knows what they're doing and, and can bring them to another level because Wisconsin is certainly a, a program that relies on strength, development. You know, you look at the offensive line, the, those guys are getting in the weight room, putting on you know pounds and putting up weight that way. So I think for the Badgers, it's going to be important hire to, to see who they bring in and see how that strength coach now develops. For sure, and I think you look at it, the strength coach is one of the most important um, important positions that you've got on the entire roster or, or a coaching staff simply because they see the players year-round and they, they impact everything um, throughout the year. So this is a move that was really liked by the players. You look at it and there was a lot of players going to Twitter um, excited about the move, specifically the defensive line. So I think it means they probably got something in the works for the strength coach. I would assume they know what they're doing. Um, but but Kalaji brings a wealth of experience. I'm interested to see what he can do on the recruiting trail as well um, because that's kind of the, the arena he hasn't been able to mm-hmm. um, do 
during his time at Wisconsin, but he's got a lot of experience. He's one of the best strength coaches out there, and the move it definitely strengthens, I think, the def- the defensive line. But now it's a matter of who are they going to bring with it, and and like you mentioned, this is the Badgers now have half of their staff are former Badgers. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy, but it's worked fairly well for Wisconsin. They've done a good job of of getting these guys and, and sticking to what they know. And I think that's important as they move forward. And, and the recruiting stuff will be the, the point to watch for. But overall, I think it'll be a great hire um, and promotion for Wisconsin football that way. That transitions us nicely, though, because we're going to get into our next position preview today. Um, we'll, we'll talk defensive line because it, it just sets up really well. This year, you, of course, had Garrett Rand. You had Isaiah Loudermilk, Keanu Benton were the guys that got the the bulk of your snaps, but there was a couple of other guys that were worked in there as well. What did you make of their performance overall in this 2020 season before we kind of look ahead to 2021? I thought they did a great job against the run. Um, you look at it, Rand, Vaudermilk, Benton, uh, all bigger guys who, who really could hold the point, kind of keep things um, um, from getting to the linebackers. They they weren't They weren't – uber disruptive um, in, as uh, pass rushers, but at the same time, what, what they did for the defense against the run was, was really, really, really solid. Um, you look at it, they had one of the be- best run defenses in the entire country, and a large part of that was because of those three. Um, and I thought you, you saw more of Rand and Loudermilk this year after Henningsen went down. So I, I'm, I'm excited um, for both of their futures. You know, obviously, Louder milk off to the NFL, Rand giving up football altogether. But um, I, I think you look at it, and there's plenty of guys in the wings to, to help them out. Um, I think you would have loved to have seen a little bit more from Keanu Benton this past year, um, as uh, you know, just as in terms of disruption. But he's still one of the, the best young um, players on the Wisconsin defense. Oh yeah, he's but he was the he was a guy that um, you know coming into the year I I didn't expect any sort of slump or you know a, a little maybe a little bit of a step back as he kind of as defense or opposing offenses kind of figure him out and and he, I think he'll be fine as he goes into next year but like you mentioned he's still one of the best uh, young nose tackles in the conference uh, really in the country and I think he'll he'll step up nicely so you certainly maybe would have wanted to see a little bit more of him with but with such a weird season you know. it's hard to read into how much you can really take from this, you know, COVID season, so many cancellations, um, so much, so much going on behind the scenes that way. So overall, it's, it's really just a pass as you look to next year for him. The defensive end spots are maybe more of, as you look to next year, the not necessarily a huge concern, but you still have to fill um, some roles. And I think Louder, Milk and Rand were guys that given you a lot over these last few years, guys that really did well against the run defense, um, eight up blocks. Uh, of course, the pass rush wasn't as wasn't as great as it was the, the year before, but that's not necessarily something you can completely pin on the defensive line. You know, those guys are eating up the blocks. In Jim Leonard's defense, it's up to you know the, the down linemen to to get those blocks and the outside linebackers and, and middle linebackers to spring free and make some of those plays in in the pass rush. So overall, it's not necessarily uh, a position that is easy to judge because you're not going to see it in terms of numbers. And just more so watching the film and seeing what they're doing. So uh, I think those guys had a good year, um, maybe not a great year, but in a weird season, I think they did um, a lot. What you expect, and, and hopefully I say a louder milk can go on to a solid career at the NFL. Big, big, huge guy, big body. I think Keanu Benton will go on to next year and be strong, and then hopefully Garrett Rand goes on to a successful career. Whatever he gets into, we wish him the best. But uh, there's certainly going to be some roles to fill 
for Wisconsin football as they get towards next year. So as we talk about that, of course, Benton will be back, but the other two starters will have departed. Who are some guys you're going to be looking for that need to step up in, in really those two defensive end roles for next year? I think you, you start with Matt Henningsen. Uh, you know, he only played in two games this year because of an injury. Um, you look back at 2019, he had a phenomenal year. He, mm-hmm. he had 24 tackles, five tackles per loss, four sacks, um, two touchdowns, uh, a couple <laughs> of, off of those two fumble recoveries. Um, you know, he, he was a guy who, who did a lot for the Badgers, and he's one of the smartest guys on the team. I would anticipate that he's going to have a really big hand. He'll have one of those starting roles for sure, assuming he's healthy. The other side of the ball, I think, is where – or the other side of the line is where it's interesting, the other side mm-hmm. of Benton here, um, where, where Loudermilk played. Because Henningsen and Rand rotated quite a bit. You actually saw Henningsen and Rand started a, a lot of games in 2019, and they would pair off of each other nicely because they were similar type players in terms of size. The Badgers don't have somebody on the roster that's like, hey, this is the clone of Isaiah Loudermilk. Closest guy might be Cade McDonald, but he's he's just going to be a freshman still. Um, but I think he's going to be a guy to put that will push Isaiah Mullins, who I think is the most likely guy. Mullins is is one of the stronger guys on the team. Um, he's, he's from that 2018 class that also had Boyd Dietzen, who I don't know where the hell he is after playing every game in 2019 and then not playing in a single one in 2020. But um, I think you look at the 2018 and 2019 classes and assume that somebody's got to break out, whether it's Dietzen. Um, I think Mullins will be the guy to, to beat for that other spot because he's done some really nice things for the Badgers, played a, played a lot now at this point. Um, but, but behind them, you also have Gio Paez and um, Rodas Johnson, guys who played a little bit this year, um, both guys who are listed as defensive ends that um, – You've kind of waited for them to break out. Um, haven't seen it yet, though. And, and then you you also have a guy like James Thompson, who who played right away as a as a true freshman. Um, had that injury in the in the Michigan game, so he didn't play much beyond that. But but he's a guy who the the staff clearly liked enough to put out there and, and trusted his development. So I think there's a lot of bodies there. Mike Jarvis will also throw his hat in the ring. Um, but but really, I think it's going to be Isaiah Mullins, Matt Henningsen, assuming he's healthy, um, and then inside, I have no worries about Keanu Benton and Bryson Williams whatsoever. Yeah, I think that's going to be you know I'm glad you brought up Bryson Williams. He was a guy that uh, we expected maybe more of a bounce back year this year. Didn't see a ton from him, but I think still having those two next year in a rotation at the nose tackle position will 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 be much better suited than a lot of programs across the country to have two quality nose tackles that way. The ends. Um, I, I agree with you. I think it'll be Henningsen, um, you know, and the, the big assumption, like you said, is his health that way. If he's not, there's still guys behind him, but uh, you're going to need some, some production from Isaiah Mullins, who's not quite as big as Loudermilk. You know, Loudermilk was 6'7", 290, um, seemed a lot bigger than that, um, and, and Isaiah Mullins is more like the 6'4 range, but if you can get somewhere close to that, you know, Cade McDonald has, of course, got that height, but not quite there in terms of weight, so... I think those three on the other side, when you when you add in James Thompson Jr., could be a guy that uh, that that works his way into the fold. But overall, it's not necessarily a position that is overly concerning. I do like the names and the guys that they have there. It's just going to be a matter of of which guy steps up and, and really makes that jump. So I, I could certainly see it being uh, Cade McDonald as he jumps further and and gets that uh, just another 
you know, a few months of development. Same thing with James Thompson. Some of these guys take that jump from, from year one to year two and, and really run with it. So I'm excited to see what those two can do. But at the same time, if you start the year with, with Henningsen and Mullins, I think you're in a good spot to, to develop some of the other guys and hopefully have some depth at the defensive end position because you've still got Keanu Benton in the middle. If he comes back to the form that he was his freshman year, I think the defensive ends will have a little bit less pressure, and hopefully, um, you know, they can they can get a little bit of a pass rush. And, and if the run defense is still solid with those three down there, I think the the Badger defense will be just fine in that regard. Yeah, for sure. And and I think it can't be overstated that Wisconsin also uses a lot of two man front. Like they usually a lot of times they'll go two four five, um, bring in an extra um, secondary player. And if the Badgers do bring back Reggie Pearson, like if he comes back, I think you could see a, a hell of a lot of two four five because Pearson can can cover the slot as well. I know they came in, were doing a lot of that in 2019 um, in the um, in camp, and then they entered into it before Scott Nelson got injured, where they had Nelson, um, Burrell, and Pearson there running the slot and being able to come into the box at times um, as, a, as an extra, you know, defender at, similar to what they did with Mike Caputo, kind of in a rover row, uh, role. I wouldn't be surprised that if Pearson's back, they do something similar because you have Colin Wilder, because you have um, Scott Nelson as well, and and that would alleviate some of the worries because then you could you could really tighten down your rotation for most teams. You know, if you're playing Iowa, you're probably going to have to still go three up front. Um, Minnesota, you're probably still going to have to go three up front. But but a lot of teams, you could probably get away with two um, down linemen and and be just fine. But I, I think it's going to be fascinating. I think I think Jim Leonard will make it work. I, I you I wouldn't put it past being more um, Bryson Williams maybe you know popped out or Keanu Benton going with really big front um, for certain opponents as well. So I think the Badgers will be fine, like you mentioned. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they still look for someone in the transfer portal or somebody to late add in the 2021 class as well. Um, I know that was brought up by Saeed Khalif. So um, I think it's there's still room for to add a body if they wanted to, but I think in the end somebody from that 2018-2019 groups are is, is going to jump up in and give them some solid depth. Yeah, it's a position that you you look towards next season. It's not necessarily a, a huge. It's not necessarily a position that is concerning. Um, like like I mentioned, you you've got the bodies there. You've got someone that's going to step up. It's now just going to be. You know who you know. It'll be a storyline to watch in, in spring practice to see who's developed, and then as you get into next year into fall camp, uh, Jim Leonard will have a, a clear kind of idea of who he wants to get some more, um, you know, ideas on and, and and tape on that way to see who's ready to go. And then I think the Badgers will be just fine with with throwing one of those guys out there and, and hoping for finding a way to make the defense kind of match. So uh, it's not a position that is is overall that concerning, but still going to be some names that need to step up overall. So. All right, guys, that wraps up our latest episode of the podcast. Um, enjoy the Badgers basketball contest this past this upcoming weekend. I know volleyball is also getting started as well. So big times in Wisconsin athletics. So uh, thank you guys for listening. We'll be back with you next week. And as always, on Wisconsin. Thank you.